Welcome everyone to episode four of the BNB Unplugging Central Coast Rugby Podcast. On this week's episode, we have a draw, so we'll be looking at the draw. We will be unveiling two players from the international fifth or our international fifteen. Continuing our highlight on the women's game, I'm going to profile another two clubs, uh, speak to the respective people from those clubs, and we have an exciting update on the international listeners fifteen. Barthy, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, excited to be here again, and I am. Super excited about the update on our international listeners. 15. Mate, it's the global podcast. Let's get into it. Well, Barthy, it's my turn last week. Yep. It's your turn this week. Next two players on our Central Coast International 15. Looking forward to this, Berner. Um And two um, two players with, uh, well, from quite, quite different... Um, Exposure to international rugby. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to start off with a guy called Stuart Clear. Now, Stewie played uh, for Terrigal in the uh, early to mid 2000s, um, and I was lucky enough to go and watch, uh, as, a, as a few guys did, watch him sort of trial uh, for the Australian side. He actually played for the Australian Deaf Rugby side. Um, Mate, it was it was an absolutely inspiring and an amazing thing to watch these guys. Um, yeah, just like anyone else, just going and training and and uh, getting ready and playing rugby and all that sort of stuff. But the um, the halftime halftime talks and was just absolutely amazing. Just absolute silence. Players going about their normal business, you know, fixing boots, you know, socks and getting strapping and all that sort of stuff. But all of them eyes on the coach is signing and uh, delivering messages. And, uh, it, mate, yeah, so Stewie Clear, uh, second rower, um, playing for the Australian deaf side. He'll be our fifth inductee into the Central Coast International 15. So how do they alter the game? Look, it's pretty much rugby as normal, except the uh, the referee has to be more visible to the, to the players. They're obviously not going to hear the whistle. Their levels of deafness... Um, uh, very. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's um, under 50 decibels, either one ear or both ear. I'm not sure what that actually equates to. But, um, yeah, so the referee is more visible um, and increased sort of hand signals to um, to let the players know either to stop play or, or and then make the ruling. Great inclusion. Who you got up next? So our second position will be taken uh, on behalf of quite a few players. Um, we've had an extremely large amount of Australian schoolboys represent from the Central Coast, which is fantastic. And we could almost just do an Australian schoolboys 15 on its own. But the guy who's going to take a position on their behalf is a player called Scotty O'Connell. Now, Scotty played in the 85-86 uh, Australian schoolboys side. He was a, uh, a terrible player and, and played at the entrance as well. Um, and an extremely successful Australian schoolboy. Uh, he was part of a, a really successful uh, schoolboy era. They played in the 85-86. They played 20 games, winning 19. Mm. And Burner, Scotty O'Connell was the most Australian, most capped Australian schoolboy for 20 years. And a couple of guys, I'll see if you've heard of them before. Have you heard of a guy called Kurtley Beale? Yeah, right. So Kurtley overtook him. Kurtley Beale and Quade Cooper in 2005-2006 were the first players to overtake the amount of caps that he had for Australian schoolboys. So extremely talented uh, individual. Um, in his Australian schoolboys touring side, there were 12 Wallabies. Uh, there was a Wallaby captain in David Wilson, who was a back rower. 
Um, there's a bloke called Ricky Stewart. I don't know if you've heard of him, a dual international. Yep. Rubbish code. Um, and there's a guy called Scotty Goulet, who was a dual international. Anyway, uh, Sam Scott Young, Richard Thomas, there's heaps. list goes on, well, 12, 12 in total. They beat New Zealand, they beat Scotland, they beat Ireland, England, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands. Uh, very successful side. And, and, um, and yeah, Scotty O'Connell, uh, he will be our sixth position for our international Central Coast 15. Right, Bernard. so we've had some exciting news throughout the week, but um, before we get to that exciting news, just a reminder to all our listeners to um, get that podcast out there. We're looking to go global. We've got, uh, we've got a target of 15 countries, and that exciting news during this week has been... Welcome, Spain, to the International Listeners 15. Congratulations, Spain. It's great to have you on board. Got a surprise for you, Berna. What do you got, mate? She's back. She's back. She's back. She's, she's been repaired. And you are not to touch it. Mate. Need, uh, need to upgrade, I think. Need to get need a B&B big, bus. Bigger, bigger, bigger back tyres. <laughs> now, uh, mate, I'm on, the, I'm on the bike. And I'm going to take the bike down to the Terrigal Rugby Club. The Haven? Yep. Mate, while you're down there, I know we uncovered a, a bit of an urban legend about... Uh, scandal. Big scandal about uh, about Gosford last week with the goat. Oh, no, no, fuck, that wasn't a scandal. I thought you were going down the whole Terrigal path. I am. <laughs> Is it true that Terrigal has manipulated uh, certain government <laughs> schemes uh, introduced for the uh, the COVID crisis um, to keep their players on board? Well, it all depends on who you want to listen to, I guess. How about I? How about I ask some hard hitting questions when I get down there, mate? Go down there yep. and ask ask the questions because the people of the Central Coast want to know. They want to get to I, the bottom of it, mate. If you listen to the word on the street, I think half the Central Coast know anyway. Well, they'll tell you they know exactly. I think every club's in the same boat. Let us know how you go. Will do. Wish me luck. All right. Well, while Barthy's down uh, taking the B&B bike down to Terrigal, I'm going to get Max Malkin on board, who's the new head coach of the Carring Wanderers. Max, how you going, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very good. How's things going up the hill? Um, great. Obviously, it's been a, a bit of a break with the, the whole coronavirus, um, but the, the guys are excited now. We've got a, a start date and think to aim towards, so... Numbers are picking back up at training, and and everyone's kind of adapted very well to the, the different structure and, and look of a, a training session at the moment. But no, no, it's um, we're building again and, and getting excited about the season. Yeah, that's good. How are numbers looking? Uh, well, in pre-season, mark one, we had between 30 and 40 guys at every single training session. Good. So, yeah, you know, lowest numbers was 27 guys, and it was 43 degrees one night. But um, so now we're we're travelling. There's about 25 guys that have been back at training, not all at the same time, but um, about 25. And, and a lot of guys are, are promising to be back in, in the next week or so. Uh, now we've got a start date. Yeah, perfect. So who's uh, is any new recruits this year at Carry On? Uh, there, there's a couple of guys. Um, there's actually a young bloke that I coached at New South Wales Country Under-16s last year. He's 17 and the six foot seven um, second rower, so he he will go well. Obviously, he'll he'll need to be blooded and yeah. thing as we come in. But one of the biggest recruits actually from my school. So I'm the the head of rugby at Central Coast Sports College, and we, we have a 17 of their uh, 
guy called Aiden Chambers. He's a scrum half. Oh, yeah. Um, he that's a little bit different. He gets two hours of coaching every single day, even through the whole of coronavirus and everything. He was, he was training two hours a day at school. Nice. Um, he's actually doing coaching as part of his kind of year 11 and 12 studies. So he actually coaches with me two hours a day for the juniors. Um, so he's, he's doing a lot of training, a lot of extra training, and I think he'll... Um, He'll, he'll be one to watch um, this year and the next few years. So. Yeah, very good. Because I think you've lost a bit of experience. Scott Hanley's moved on. He's not there this year. Uh, no, yeah. I, I don't know. He's um, yeah, yeah. He's uh, focusing on the family at the moment. He, um, he he's around still and had a few chats with him and helped kind of hand over where the guys are at and what players and 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 how to work with the guys. Um, yeah. so he's still around, but yeah, he, he's not involved directly with coaching this year. It sounds like you might have a pretty good replacement replacement for him anyway. On the on the subject of young guys, have you got any any young boys that are coming through? Are there any other ones to watch? Yeah, yeah. so um, there's two guys. There's a guy called Nick Atrum, uh, a second rower who's just really matured. Um, a couple of the older guys actually mentioned like how he's changed in just the last couple of seasons. So Nick Atrum is definitely one to watch, and another guy, Christian Whitfield, as well. I've been I haven't pegged as a, as a hooker, but um, just the way he's been working, he's got massively into CrossFit, and the coronavirus has been good for him. He's, he's been working hard, and he came back to pre-season mark two even fitter. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how he develops this season. Yeah, that's great. All right, mate. Well, uh, thank you very much for jumping on the podcast, and um, I hope to have you back on soon. And good luck for the season. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, mate. I'm down here at the Haven, uh, and which is looking fantastic, and I'm here with Michael Farrelly, the first-rate coach of the Trojans. Michael, welcome to the B&B podcast. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, you too. And, uh, mate, first up, how are the Trojans looking so far? Good, mate. We had a good start to the year. Interrupted. Yep. We were just about to go into our first trial the week that it got called off. And Who, who was that against? We were playing um, Singleton at Singleton and then Forest yeah, right and Forest right. the week after. Yep. Those, yep. They got called off. Um, had a bit of a break, obviously, like everybody else, but the boys have been, the response since we've been allowed to train again has been great. Obviously a bit yep. difficult for all the clubs yep. with only 10 per group, but that's yeah, been yeah, made yeah. a bit easier this week, so we're back to 20 per group, and this makes the whole setup a bit easier, mate. You, boys have um, been great, but... You retained much of the guys from last year? Yeah, most of them, mate. Um, we lost our 5'8". Uh, he went back to New Zealand. Yep. Um, he got a job over the, back at home and he wants to yep. see how that goes. He might come back next year. But we picked up Adam Danker to come back from Portugal. Yeah, right. Huge yep. get for us, mate, and gives us some experience around that position. Um, but other than that, most of the boys have come back. Yeah, we lost um, at this stage. Um, Kev McNamara is going to have the year off. He just yeah, had a okay. baby and yep. um, it's a good luck to Kev and his family. But, um, yeah, he's going to have the year off. So we've got to fill that spot. Yeah, very good. The vibe around the place is good. Numbers have been good. Numbers have been great, yeah. We're, the last couple of weeks, I think it just shows, Barthy, blokes have been locked up for <laughs> a few months, mate, and, you know, I, I've been overwhelmed by the, our numbers Tuesday and Thursday, so yeah. um, I think we've got 50 guys um, said they were coming tonight and about yeah. 20 girls, so... Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's good been stuff. good, mate. And the, um, how have you found sort of working through the protocols and the, the trickiness of the, the situation? It's just one of those things. We, look, yeah. we've had good support from the committee, We've got a good coaching group. Yep. It's obviously harder, but it's harder for everybody, and that's the only thing you can do is get down and get it done. Yep. There's work's got to be done to win this comp, mate, and you know part of that's getting fit, and yep. our boys have been ripping in. Yeah, good stuff. Now, um, I don't know if... Uh, what's Craig Adams' official role here? Well, he'll be first grade manager this year. He's been a water boy the last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, well, that's disappointing. He got a promotion. <laughs> he did. He got a nice promotion. Now, Michael, um, how 
How important has the job keeper been to, uh, for keeping these first grade players together at well, Terrigal? Incredibly important, mate. <laughs> incredibly important if you listen to what goes on around the coast. <laughs> but, um, now, is it true that uh, the fact that Toddy Atkins was put on the job, job seeker, he didn't get the message? He didn't, mate. No, no. He t- no he's, a, he's on job seeker. He'll be there for a while, mate. <laughs> right. Go on your bucket. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. The Senior Vice President of the Terrigal Rugby Club. And, and uh, Bobby, I was hoping you could. Uh, Give us a bit of a run-through of what's happening in the rugby club and the extensions and the, the construction site that it is. Yeah, thanks, Barthy. Um, so uh, you can see that there's construction work well underway here. It's been ongoing for a few months now. Um, what we're actually doing is we're uh, putting in uh, two change rooms for the women. So yep. women's been comp has been incredibly successful across the the, uh, the coast, and uh, they're doing well. Yep. Um, we're also putting in a new canteen and uh, extension to the upstairs to actually uh, make it uh, much more appropriate. We'll have a club room and then uh, a facility room up there as well and also removing any barriers to watching the rugby. So it'll be a fantastic spot to get up there on a cold winter's day watching the rugby, mate. Unreal. Sounds sounds great. Uh, just hopefully it'll get done soon. You can get in there before the end of the season. Well, let the, yeah, well, we hope so. Uh, always, you know, what construction's like, it never goes to plan, but uh, we're hoping that uh, we'll have the, the bottom fit out completed before we uh, before we start the comp. So well, let's see how that goes, and then uh, the rest will come, uh, you know, following that. Beautiful. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate no, it. No worries. Thanks, Barthy. Cheers, mate. I've, I've dragged Prue Bright out of training to have a quick word, and... Um, First of all, well done on being the best rugby player in your family. You know, in, your, in, in your relationship, we know that it's, it's, uh, everyone has a bit of a joke about it. But uh, what's it like just being better than him? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that I'm better than him. I learn a lot from I, him. <laughs> I would. I tried to coach him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very handy having Stevie at home because I can practice while we scrum in the lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, We'll, uh, we'll save the details for later. Sounds good. Um, so seriously, how are the girls looking at the, at the Trojans and, and how's the, uh, this season shaping up? Um, yeah, we're just really, really excited that there's actually a season. So it was great that yeah, Central good. Coast released um, that draw and that we can actually play a couple of games. As you can see, Barthy, we've got so many girls here. Yeah, it's it's real. It's so yeah. great. It's really inspiring to see that all these girls want to come play for us. So um, it's it's wonderful numbers. Everyone from really experienced players to quite junior girls that have never played before. Yep. Um, they're loving it and we're loving it. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Well, I won't keep you for much longer. I'll let you get out there. So uh, how's it going? You've got two fantastic coaches. Mm, We're yep. having a, a former uh, Wallaroo oh. as, as a coach. How, how exciting is that? It's so amazing. As as you know, Like we started very humble beginnings, so to have two amazing coaches is just phenomenal for us. Like To have an actual forwards and back coach is just great. So we're learning a lot because this is 10s and we're a lot of 7s players here. So yeah. to have Sa- Sally doing the... Um, forward stuff and Shaz doing the um, back stuff it's just going to grow our game so much awesome yep. thanks Prue thanks, that's Bobby. enough get Cheers. out there yeah, we'll do. thank Bye. you I'm here with uh, Terrigal Club legend and uh, personal friend of mine and all around nice fellow Brent Mungovan uh, Mungo is the stalwart of the rugby club and, and has, has played here forever and uh, and a big thing that happens for, for Bruiser this year is uh, he'll play his 400th game uh, that's if we can get third grade off the ground. Uh, Mungo, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Scotty. How are you? Good, mate. Good, good. Now, uh, I just thought I'd, uh, as an old head, um, get your thoughts on how the, the club's looking and, and what's happening in and around the place. Um, Numbers-wise, it's been excellent. We're inwards of, upwards of uh, 50 to 60 players uh, in seniors plus women. So numbers is looking really good. 
Um, the clubhouse, obviously, it's not not quite finished yet, but that's <laughs> that's uh, that's looking good as well, which will be, should be finished hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, but yeah, all in all, the club's looking really strong. Now, I um, I asked um, Michael when when chatting with him that um, how important is the uh, the JobKeeper allowance been to uh, retain all the first grade players? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, terrible doesn't do that sort of stuff, mate. Come on. Is it? <laughs> How is it? And is it true Todd Atkins didn't understand why he got given a job a job suit? <laughs> <laughs> that could go on the outtakes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, Mungo, it's time for you to take on the B&B Type 5. Now, Terry Rugby Club has been shut down and no longer exists. Which club would you play for if the Terry Rugby Club ceased to exist? Oh, that's... Have to be a voker, mate. Have to be a voker. Love that club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the second. Who was the hardest team or club that you've ever played against? Why? And if so, give it an era. Uh, well, the hardest club I've always played against would be uh, definitely a voker. Back in the 90s, mid-90s, the Terrigal and a games were bloody always tight and very physical not that I got involved in that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd have to say, yeah, Avoca mid-90s. Yeah, no worries. Question three, which opposition player did you have the most respect for? Um, ben Goodenough. Yeah, okay. He was good always days. a player that I uh, never liked marking that big fella. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> big long, long gangly legs yeah. and arms. And, yeah. <laughs> All right, fourth one. Who was the best rugby player that you ever played with? Um, the person who made the biggest the biggest difference to a side is a bloke called, which you had on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, Graham Bond. The, Bondi, blo- the yeah. bloke was uh, he was just unstoppable. At, the, at, at this at this like park level, um, Graham Bond was just a step above everyone else. Strength, pace, agility. It was, it was unbelievable to play with. Good stuff. And uh, last but not least, mate, what is the greatest thing that rugby has given you? Oh, friendship, mate. Friendship. Um, I've met. So many good people um, over my 25 years here at Terrigal and even even other clubs of players I've met and played against. Just uh, there's always someone you can say good day to. Always see someone you can say good day to. But yeah, it's just uh, the club's everything to me, mate. It's just um, just a, a wonderful club and a wonderful place. Fantastic. Good on you, Mungo. Thanks for taking on the the, the tight five. Now um, you will get the chance to uh, to play your 400th game this year which will be exciting, um, and that's if we can get a, uh, a third-grade comp off the ground. So good luck. Go well. Thank you very much, mate. Good on you, Scotty. Well, Bernard, that was good fun. Uh, it's good to get down to Terrigal, have a chat with Michael Farrelly and a, and a few of the, the guys and girls from around the traps to see how that club's shaping up. But I've got to tell you, um, I've had a gutful of riding the bike. I reckon it's time you got on it. Uh, it's been repaired. I'm handing it to you in pristine condition. It's, re- it's the it. reinforcing I need, mate, not the repairing. It, uh, it is good to go, brother. It is nice and ready and shiny, perfect. All right. Well, next week, I reckon what I'll do is I'll take the bike. I reckon I'll do a road trip up north. I nice. reckon I'll, I'll hit up Warnervale and I reckon yep. I'll hit up the lakes. Right. See what they're doing. Um, I reckon I've got the, the aerobic capacity to, uh, <laughs> do, a, to do the long trip. <laughs> Uh, and also on next week's episode, guys, uh, the women's game will continue to highlight that. We're also unveiled. We're going to go three players next week Ooh, in our nice, international 15. Nice. 
uh, hopefully unveil another country into our international listeners 15. Ooh, yep. And Keep it going global, people. Start the countdown, mate. We've got yep. four weeks to go. Exciting. Four weeks. Awesome. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs>